Miamians, and listeners from around the world. And today's guest, I have Annette Green Alvarez. She is the Executive Director of Global Times Miami. They have received almost 3,000 international visitors from around the world to Miami. These visitors participate as part of the United States State Department's professional exchange programs. For example, we have the International Visitors Leadership Program, the Open World Leadership Program, the Fulbright Program, the Young African Leadership Initiative, and most recently, the Young Leaders of America's Initiative. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube, and check us out on Instagram. If you have any questions, email us at miamiglobalnet at gmail.com. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we showcase the people and organizations that support Miami's international landscape. Learn from local business owners, startups, diplomats, and community leaders. Get to know the tools and services that are out there that help you invest and grow in South Florida. Miami is a true global city where one can live and do business with a global reach. So Annette, uh, before we begin, can you tell us where we can find you? Yes, we're on the web at www.globaltiesmiami.org, and we have a pretty good presence on social media, too. So if you like to get your news from Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, just search Global Ties Miami, and we'll pop up and start following us. Phone Perfect. number, the old-fashioned way, call us, 305-421-6344. Perfect. And you'll be able to find all those on the show notes so that um, you'll be able to pull the information from there. So, Annette, how are you doing today? I'm great, Alejandro. Thanks for asking. Good, good. How's, um, how is Global Times Miami doing? Well, I have to say we're doing well, but we're doing things very differently. Uh, no international visitors, no in-person events. So it's a much different rhythm for us. But we're, we're keeping ourselves busy, nonetheless. You know, I, I, I want to dive into those 3,000, almost 3,000 visitors you've received. But I, but I want our listeners to know first um, a little bit about, you know, who you are and your background. And are you, are you, are you local Miamian? I'm not, but I've lived here 21 years. I am originally from New Orleans. Nice. Nice. Have you, have you enjoyed those... Mardi Gras. Mardi yes. Gras. Yes, Mardi Gras. Yeah, I did growing up, and um, and it's been fun. And as an adult, enjoy it in a whole different dimension than you do as you're a kid. It used to be a lot more family friendly, and um, and it's you know it's taken on different dimensions through the years. But yeah, New Orleans is an amazing place to live, and I think I think if anything, it prepared me to live in Miami and prepared me to to be in contact with so many different types of people from all walks of life. But yeah, I love New Orleans. I'm, a, I'm always a New Orleanian, but happy, happy to live in Miami. Is there a lot of big differences or similarities that you found over, over your time here? I think that there are certainly big differences and there are similarities. I mean, I actually had a mother who was Cuban, um, but never, she never lived here in Florida. She left Cuba in probably 1950. Um, eight or so and went to New Orleans. And um, so I grew up um, hearing Spanish and having Cuban food. And so I had that similarity and commonality when I moved to Miami. But um, people are, are friendly and warm. And I find the same thing here. 
So, um, but it was, it was different with, certainly we, we had, maybe I knew of five Cubans in New Orleans yeah. and then here it's, you know, 50,000. So it's, uh, so it was, it was still a bit of a culture shock to move here, but, but I, Miami's a great place. I mean, when I moved here 21 years ago, I really thought it was the city of the future, the way a lot more cities were going to be in the United States. And I'm excited that I think we're, you know, we're, we're there. Oh, I agree. I mean, Miami, Miami is growing really fast and, uh, and there's people from all over, you know, from all over the world, which is pretty cool. Um, and it was truly global international city. So it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. So you, your background in your studies, did I see somewhere, Texas? Texas A&M University. Nice. Yes. In College Station, Texas. Um, I, I actually studied modern languages, but I, but I got there in a circuitous route. I um, started in, in political science and then realized I just thought that was a really great subject. And I didn't think I wanted to teach or go to law school. And um, yeah, I took another look at another major and then ended up kind of cobbling something together with um, French studies and minor in marketing and you know, getting out and, and then going into the hotel industry um, for work. So back then there weren't as many, I don't want to say there weren't as many options, but you didn't have the ways to find those things out that you have now. There was no internet. <laughs> No, no Google, no search, you know, you look through your college catalog, you uh, read things. So um, yeah, my path was maybe a little unorthodox, but it was the right one for me. And from there to the hotel industry and global ties, how did, how did you guys meet? Yeah, actually we, my husband and I had just started dating. We were in New Orleans and we went to dinner at the home of some of his friends and at that dinner, there was the couple that invited us, my husband and myself, and a special guest. And that guest happened to be the Minister of Textiles for the country of India. And we had the most enjoyable evening getting to know him, talking to him, finding common denominators. And when we left, I thought, when would you ever just randomly have dinner with a minister from India? And it happened that the couple that invited us were members of then the um, Greater Miami Council for International, I mean, Greater New Orleans, excuse me, Council for International Visitors. And once Walter and I married, they twisted our arms and said, look, you're hospitable people, uh, you should join. And so we did. And then when I moved to Miami, my street, Alejandro, looks like the United Nations, right? I have Iranian-Americans next to me. I have, you know, German-Americans and Colombians. Didn't have to look for anyone international in Miami. But actually, the organization ended up finding us. And when we explained to someone that was telling us about this amazing organization then called the Miami Council for International Visitors, and uh, my husband looked and he said, you know, we were members in New Orleans. And the gentleman was just... His name was Gary Rovin. He was then president. He, he couldn't believe it because nobody knows about these organizations like, like ours. And um, so he, he looked straight at my husband and he said, would you like to be on the board? And I raised my hand. I said, I'd love to. <laughs> so he got me. And that's how between hosting in New Orleans, um, hosting people for dinner over and over again when we were newly married and raising our family, 
then moving to Miami. Um, and, and we literally just stumbled upon knowing that there was a council here. And, and the council is related to Global Ties Miami? Yes. We are, the council, the council back then in New Orleans, it's it since changed its name too, was the um, Greater New Orleans Council for International Visitors. The council here in Miami at the time, 21 years ago, was the Miami Council for International Visitors. So you see this for international visitors connection. They were in the same network organization, which hosted State Department invitees on professional international exchanges. So since then, there have been name changes to better reflect what we do. But the legal name of Global Ties Miami is still the Miami Council for International Visitors. Got you. Okay. And so, and I also saw 60 years anniversary a couple of years ago was yes. celebrated, no? Yes. Congratulations, yes. two years. Thank you. Thank Later. you. Yeah. I've been executive director a long time, but not for 60 years, but I'm proud to, but I'm proud to lead an organization that has had this kind of commitment and, and belief that building bridges between people around the world is the right thing to do. And, and the privilege we have to do that in South Florida um, with up and coming rising leaders around the world is, is one that no one's ever taken for granted in the 60 plus years now that we've done this kind of work. Did you guys do any sort of celebration for 60 years? We actually co we had a reception um, and a celebration in conjunction with the Diplomacy Begins Here Summit that we hosted in Miami in November 2018, along with um, the State Department and Global Ties US. So yeah, it was a nice little event at the Wolfsonian. And, and there's a Wolfson family connection too, to our work. But um, so we did it at the Wolfsonian. We showed a beautiful film called 10 Days to Friendship, which is actually a documentary that was done in 1968. And it is in the Wolfson archives. So that's still visible. So I'm giving a plug for that. And next month, we're going to mention that again in our newsletter. But yeah, we, we did do a celebration. Um, we're, we're not big rah, rah, rah people. We don't, we don't call a lot of attention to ourselves. We like to call attention to the work that we do. The Wolfsonian, we're talking about the Wolfsonian in Miami Beach. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I just, it's important, I think, maybe that I make that connection here now that we're talking about the Wolfsonian. It was Frances Wolfson, who was essentially the first lady of Miami Beach. Um, her husband, Colonel Wolfson, had been mayor of Miami Beach, who was very interested in, in, in strengthening ties um, with international visitors. I guess she had welcomed a lot of them. They traveled widely. And she had formed an organization um, on the beach that did just that. And then there was an entity in Miami that came out of a gentleman who worked at the YMCA, who saw a lot of international students that were living at the Y, going to school, university, going back to the Y and not doing anything else. And he, he actually got his um, friends to volunteer to take them sightseeing or host them for dinner. And at some point in the um, early 60s, these two organizations merged into the Miami Council for International Visitors. And, and Francis Wolfson was um, a driving force 
behind the organization. She was a president for a number of years, financial uh, philanthropist with the organization. So um, yeah, we have a you know we have an illustrious history, if you will, with a lot of movers and shakers in Miami that were involved in this. Former Mayor Maurice Ferre was um, a president in the 1970s of the organization. So we can we can drop some who's who's, but you know we really are key, clued into what type of work we do, and it's very important with the connections we make here. I um, I actually I visited the Wolfsonian uh, last year. The mm. Italian um, Consul General was hosting an event, and uh, I, I didn't know about that was the Wolfsonian until I um, I got invited to the event, and uh, I got to take a little walk around and go to one of the event spaces and, and enjoy the. They were doing an art expo. Yes, yes. They've been one on, um, they, they do so many. I mean, they have just a phenomenal collection. And um, Mickey Wolfson, the founder of that museum, is just, he's former State Department, actually. He worked for the State Department for a little while, I understand. But um, propaganda is one of the things that they have a lot of posters and so forth on on propaganda from around the world. But yeah, it's it's um it's another one of those hidden treasures in our own community. Building is is very nice. Yeah, you know the building's a former storage um, facility, right? For moving and storage, where people used to be able to store their their goods. I guess, and I'm hypothesizing here, but I think people used to maybe winter in Miami and live in other places. So there was a need for these secure vaults and and things like that. So it's a it's a very solid building. I can tell. <laughs> You mentioned you mentioned the Diplomacy Begins Here Summit. Is this something that Global Ties hosted? We did. We hosted it in conjunction with Global Ties US, which is our organization that we're a member of. Um, it oversees a lot of the networks across the US, like Global Ties Miami and different cities and, and communities. And Right now, this year, they're, they're virtual, um, the, the summits. They've been put on pause like a lot of things. But we were looking at um, sustainability, and we were looking at you know, what it takes to um, make a community sustainable, not just from the environmental impact, but for people and, and, um, and jobs and opportunities and what that looks like. So we looked at it from different angles and it was, it was very nice. We had a lot of people come in from across the country, other members of our network. Um, and we had a number of locals attend the event. It's definitely something we enjoyed and we may do again in the future. Is this something that you would do yearly or every other year? Because summits, summits sometimes have that rotation. It doesn't have to be every year. It could be every two years. So it's competitive. It's something that we apply for through Global Ties US, and we give them reasons and justifications why this should be held here in South Florida. And there are three a year. So since we did it in 2018, I mean, our rotation would come up again in maybe one or two years. So it's not something that would be done every year or every other year. And we actually have to make sure we have community support for doing that because we are a small organization. So just like a lot of larger events, finding sponsorships and raising funds to, to do this, you're kind of going out on a limb, but it was successful and 
we know that should we throw our hat in the ring again, we would expect it to be successful. It was, it's, it's a very good way to introduce the local community to what it is we do. They hear people from State Department come and thank them for their efforts in support of international exchange and particularly the International Visitor Leadership Program, which is the program we do most, where we invite local local um, individuals and organizations to sit down with our international visitors and, and talk about what they do, but more importantly, how it is they do that. So it was, it was a nice way to say thank you to the people that support this day in and day out. How are you guys connected to the government? So we're not connected to any local governments. Um, we are, and we're not, we're not State Department. And, but what we do is we're in this public-private partnership with them through the International Visitor Leadership Program. And the International Visitor Leadership Program, which now I'm going to say IVLP for short, is an 80-year-old um, exchange program. It's this year celebrating its 80th anniversary. And it really is the um, star, if you will, in the set of tools that a U.S. ambassador can use abroad. So because we are one of their partners for IVLP, that's how we have our relationship with the State Department. I wanted to say that the International Visitor Leadership Program is, when I said it was one of the um, U.S. ambassador's tools, meaning a tool for public diplomacy. You can talk about the U.S. all you want. You can... You know, people from all around the world, they, they listen to our music, they see movies, they follow influencers now on social media, they read newspapers from around the world. But the ability to get to see the U.S. firsthand, particularly for people that are doing something notable in their career, in their country, to receive an invitation. Because this is not something they can say, oh, I want to go. Can I put a, can I, you know, nominate myself? Um, when they come back or go return home and they've had their debrief, almost without exception, people say, I saw a side of the United States and, and, and its people that I never would have expected. I've just been blown away. I've been so surprised. It, it uh, Certain things... I thought I knew, but now I really know. And it would be the same if we went to another country and really got an inside view of what life was like there, not just the surface level touristic view that we often get. So U.S. ambassadors say it's their number one tool for public diplomacy, this ability to invite participants to come and travel to the United States on this program. And people who go on, Alejandro, to become um, presidents, prime ministers, chief of staffs in, in government. So we have more than 400 people throughout this 80th anniversary that have become heads of state from all around the world on this program. So we like, we brag about Margaret Thatcher. She came to Miami when she was a, a young parliamentarian and, um, and all her life she's talked, she's spoken about how important getting to know the U.S. from that perspective was for her and her relationship with um, Americans. It must be one of the rewarding parts of this job to be able to receive these guests and, and show them a different side of the United States. And then they, they go off and, and then they grow in their careers. And then you'd be like, ah, 
I received that person. It's an incredibly rewarding part. And today we're always mindful of that, right? Today we're, we're meeting maybe a young council member um, uh, in city government or a state legislator or a member of parliament, and, or it just could be an NGO leader or an educator, but we don't lose sight of the fact that tomorrow, the day after, and I'm talking about many tomorrows from now, they could be that, that person who, um, who's now head of government. And, um, but the thrill is not in what could be, the thrill is in what we're doing right now to help explain our, our country and, um, and who we really are to them, to give them this unvarnished view of, of the United States and allow them to make up their own mind. It really, it's quite a privilege. And I think that it doesn't ever get lost on me, the fact that we have such an amazing democracy, that a woman who is a wife, a mother, you know, someone's, but someone's daughter has this privilege to meet people like this because in a lot of other places, there'd be very, very high level delegations moving people around, but we call this citizen diplomacy. And, and that's, that's essentially what we do. We're, we're citizen diplomats. How can people get involved? Well, first of all, people can get involved if they want to be what we call um, a professional partner in that they are willing to give time to sit, have a meeting, explain what it is they do, how they do it. I think, Alejandro, you've been in on some former meetings with members of city government. Um, I have. Talking about, yeah, talk, talking about maybe Miami 21 or big development issues or capital campaigns, how it is that you know, they get to Miami and they look around and they're just fascinated by what the city is. They want to know how did, how did it get built? What happens? And then we have people that we ask to invite some of these people to dinner. And we're always looking for individuals who care to um, host a stranger for dinner. We call it dinner diplomacy, right? And, uh, and that's about it. We don't ask for people to house anyone in their homes. What's nice about this program is that people, uh, that the visitors have stipends and we, we make arrangements for their stays with local, local um, hotels. And I'll talk about that more. But, but we are a membership organization, so people can easily go to our website, look at that tab header that says get involved and see what works for them. Which one is your favorite way to, to contribute, uh, to recommend for people to contribute or to be part well, of the project? I love for people to, to, um, I, I love show and tell, right? So I don't want to say, Oh, you should become a member and then we'll invite you. No, we'll invite you first. We'll invite you when we're back to doing in-person events. We'll invite you to, um, a Tuesday talk that's in person with maybe the speakers being themselves the international visitors. But virtually people can still find us um, online doing events. And then, and then when people do find us, they think, this is incredible. I mean, I want to be a part of this. I want to be someone who can better better our relationships around the world because of my involvement. So um, we need everyone. We need, we need people to host dinners. We need people to, to certainly open up their office space and their professional lives and, and share their work with people. Um, so it's a big tent. <laughs> We've got room for everyone. Um, 
tell us a little bit about other programs. I know you have the, your talks, mm-hmm. your Tuesday talks. Yes. Ignite talks. Yes. Are yes. they similar or? Well, the Ignite talks was in, was done at the Diplomacy Begins Here Summit. And that was a uh, really creative way in five minutes uh, to get an idea across. So the presenters only had five minutes. They could use slides. And I still am in awe of these individuals who, from different nonprofits and organizations working on sustainability, um, made presentations. So yeah, I recommend Ignite. It's very disciplined which I'm not being today right now as I talk to you, <laughs> free-ranging ideas, but that's that's terrific. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to find different ways. We also have done international um, films and that's one thing that we're embarking on and had done just before the, the stop of COVID. French films, um, we did a film in conjunction with the Japanese consulate here. And so through movies, it's a really nice way to introduce an idea or a culture and do it in a shared group where you can talk about what it is people are going to see and then afterwards have some discussion. So anything that brings people together, that's international, that's purposeful in its connection is something we advocate for and champion. You know, you mentioned the movies. Um, one of the members of the mayor's council council for international relations even that has a new name now he actually asked if we could do like a monthly movie international movie night and city in city hall and where we, we use the the main chambers and have we have a projector with a, a new projector you know it so i was like I, i never got around to to make that happen but i will put you in contact no, that would be that would be excellent. I mean, one of the things that we are doing is is working with the consulates on this because you can't just download a movie and show a film. You know, there are intellectual property rights and registrations and copyrights and money that changes hands for that. But instead, um, our we have a robust consular corps here, and they have films to show and promote. So we thought, well, we have people that like to see that. So again, we're not competing with, with any of the independent film um, venues that we have here. And they're great film venues like the, the Coral Gable Cinema, O Cinema, you know, all, all different types of cinemas. We're just trying to do this from a point of having, of introducing people to a different culture and, and having some um, education around that. So, you know, we're not going to put anyone else out of business, but yeah, we would, <laughs> we, we are exploring this more and it's something that adds, adds value in between, in between meeting people um, from around the world. You know, we get to talk about something from another piece of the world. With the Peruvian consulate, we had one, one showing of a documentary of like, um, it's a combination of documentary and like a report on research done by a Peruvian scientist on the northern coastal uh, uh, study that he done on the marine life on the northern part of Peru. So we I, we gave them the main chambers and they did this whole this whole presentation there. Uh, that was one occasion, and then they also brought another documentary uh, based on how the wedding music in Peru was created. Wow. Apparently there was no traditional wedding music. So this family, which the name escapes me, um, they 
they invested in creating music for their wedding, which then they later shared with, with the Peruvian um, community and people, and it became part of the culture. The world is a fascinating place. I mean, to, everything that we can learn, so many things we can learn, and, and the fact that people are so willing to, to share and talk about it is, um, you know, is, is brilliant. We're, we're very fortunate. And we almost do something with our Taiwanese friends. So I'm going to put you in contact with, with Julian Linares is his name. Uh, okay. Maybe when the COVID thing lifts. That'd be great. Yes, can continue that, uh, create some sort of partnership if you guys want about movies and... Love it. Love it. And culture sharing. Three thousand, almost three thousand guests. I'm guessing it went from meeting that Indian minister to opening up your 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 life to so many interesting guests. I'm sure everyone has been super cool because in my time, in my two years doing international relations for the city, I've met so many cool people. Is there someone that, or maybe a group that you'll be like, oh yeah. man, got to tell you about this about this guy, this girl, this woman? I know. I know. You know. I think. Um, I think the ones that have always stood out to me are those people that are that are coming to learn because then they can go back and share and educate others. So there's this selflessness that just comes through some people just right away. You're just you look at them and you feel this kind of may sound new agey, but you feel this aura about these individuals who are making every minute of this program count. Now, when I say they come to Miami through the IVLP program, they're also, this is a 21 day program. So they may only spend three or four nights here. They've gone to Washington, DC, they're traveled all over. So whether we're the first city out of Washington or the last city to get them, these people distinguish themselves because they're just, they're just so open to the experience and they're open to, to their mind, to, to their ideas being challenged, right? But trying to gain everything. So with that introduction, there have been, there have been a couple of people. And I think, um, you know, when you ask me right off the bat, one of those people, we did a project about two years after the tsunami that happened in, in Asia and in Malaysia and, and, um, and in, um, <coughs> excuse me, the terrible tsunami. And these people that came were on a disaster preparedness program. And they all came from, from that area that had been affected by this Christmas time tsunami. And um, one of the women headed up Mercy Malaysia at the time, which is um, the Mercy Program is a, is a well-known international organization. But it was almost like we were meeting Mother Teresa, you know, the Muslim version of Mother Teresa. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is a person who is so incredibly selfless, who is so wise and, and just um, makes such an impression on you that um, Dr. Jamila Mahmoud was that individual. And I've continued to follow her. I had the opportunity to invite her to the Global Ties U.S. national meeting in Washington a few years later. And she came and she was, um, I believe now she's, she's working at the United Nations, um, but just a remarkable woman. And again, that same kind of ability to, to do so much for so many others because they're in the right place at the right time. And we had one other gentleman who who came and I just met him very briefly and he went about he was with other water managers from India 
And his name was Biplap Paul. And Biplap learned about underwater storage and recovery here. You see the story? You told me this one. I was, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. If you, but go ahead, continue. continue. And Biplap took this back to, to his home in India. He works with the nonprofit that he and his wife founded. And he said, we've got the, all these monsoons and then we, have, then we have dry seasons and drought. But if there's a way to store water in the monsoons and capture it and then bring it back up during the drought, our farmers stand a chance. And his farmers were women farmers, women co-ops. So he event, invented something called Bungru and opens, it's open source. And he and his wife um, started teaching it to women who were farmers, who then taught it to other women. And this, this idea, which was conceived because of what he learned here, has gone on to help tens of thousands of farmers in India and then Africa as well, be able to um, plant crops and feed people year round. So pretty amazing when, when you learn that five, 10 years later that something, a seed that was planted here has gone on to um, really make a, a difference in so many people's lives. Amazing. Amazing. I know. Amazing. And just think all we did was initially call a few people and it was actually Mr. Doug Yoder, who at the time was with the county's Durham department and then went on to become the assistant director of Miami Sewer and Water. It was him who talked to him about the ways of, of storing water. And we tried to get them together a couple of years ago because Biplap was coming on what they call a gold star tour back to the U.S., but unfortunately, Bitlet's father took ill and, and passed away, and he, he did not leave India at that time. He has since come back to the U.S., but did not come to Miami. But anyway, it's, it is remarkable. And, and this, is, this is one of the, the things, too. You know, I want to be clear that I say that there are a lot of remarkable people in our own community. I mean, if we didn't have people that said, yes, I'll have a meeting, yes. I'll be happy to share what I do. I'm eager to hear what this, this individual does um, that has a similar job like mine. There'd be no reason for us to even exist if we didn't have people who stepped forward and said, sure, Annette, or to my staff, send these people. I'll be happy to meet them. I agree with you. I think a lot of the success I've had in, in, in my job as international relations for the city was that there were so many awesome people that were in the in the industry already, like people working in international relations, but also people not working in international relations. Like even in the city, um, people don't have to meet with the guests that I handle, right? Or, or they don't have to, they're busy doing their own thing. So the willingness to, to sit down and introduce what we do and, and share our best practices and, and um, our ideas is, is great. It's great. And people want, want to participate. They, they want to do it. It's like, when are we starting? Is it, do I have the right time? You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm big into, into like a big team. You know, it's like, if it was just me by myself, it'd be impossible to do everything. So it's been awesome to meet people such as yourself. Thank you. <laughs> that have really um, contributed to, to, to the community. I, I am really awestruck. Um, that I'm able to do this work and enjoy it day to day, 
be able to make a meaningful contribution through my efforts to connect other people, because that's where the real magic happens, right? When these connections are made and the aha moments are discovered. But um, so it never grows old. It's it's just different right now in the time of COVID-19. It's, it's vastly different, but we are collecting stories that are just beautiful. We've, we've gone out to what we call now our Miami alumni for the International Visitor Leadership Program and other exchanges that we've worked on. And we've asked them, you know, what, what does the snapshot of time look like for you? And we've shared our thoughts with them and we're getting back beautiful stories, beautiful stories um, and, and things that we look forward to sharing. We're collecting them, we'll put them in a, in a format that we can share with a wider audience but they remember how friendly people were, how, how open people were and the warm smiles and the sunshine. And, and it goes a long way to, it seems rather simple sometimes, right? We can't bring everyone to the United States, nor could we you know, go before to other countries as, as widely. But it, it makes a big difference when people put out a warm handshake and say, welcome, we're glad you're here. So I, I imagine it takes a team to make all this magic happen, right? Uh, it, it, it does. I mean, from the board of directors and the people that support us in that way, giving us their advice and their good counsel, and to our young staff that helps us bring these programs to life. I like to say that we incubate young talent at Global Ties Miami because if you're majoring in international relations or political science, at our area universities, whether it's Miami-Dade College, FIU, UM, Barry, even, even Lynn University, St. Thomas. A lot of times the path is, is get your degree and go somewhere else, right? Go to Washington or take that leap of faith and move away. But so we true. Offer, yeah, but we, we offer this place where, where students can get practical, hands-on training in international relations through our efforts. So what they study in theory, they get to help us bring to life, whether it's a project on combating trafficking in persons or US foreign policy initiatives. These are all subject matters, um, community policing, things that, we're, that we work on day to day in the programs and projects for the International Visitor Leadership Program. So any, any day you'll find several young um, members of our staff. Right now we've got a, a, a little core competent team, um, lovely um, young women from different backgrounds. And we have some consultants that work with us, um, a woman who was Lanair Robbins, who had been our former deputy director, and now she's doing strategic planning and consulting for us. But yeah, it's a... a the people that are attracted to this kind of work give it their all. So um, I'm lucky. I might be the one that's that's here with you right now answering these questions, but know that there are a lot of people standing next to me. I won't even say behind me, but next to me and sometimes in front to help make this happen. I know you've had students there helping yes. out. So there's, there's, a, there's a room. I mean, is there like, do students apply? Do you post it on the university? How does... How can students find you if they want to make that? I want to learn from Global Times Miami. We have really good relationships with university professors. Good. And a lot of them are the ones who will send the students my way. Um, I've actually helped ask them to help me do this recruiting because 
if I were to post something, I think I'd probably spend my whole day sifting through all of those applications to be an intern at Global Ties Miami. So I don't have the bandwidth to do that. We are small, but I do take recommendations and I do take them seriously. And we try to find a place for people. Most our internships are unpaid internships, but most of the interns that work with us are getting class credit from their university for, for their internship. And that's really important. And I um, give them a lot of my time, the students, because I appreciate the fact that they're doing something for us and I wanna reciprocate by giving them benefit of my knowledge, um, introducing them to certainly our international visitors and the projects that they've worked on, but helping them with professional development too, while they're still a student, giving them a chance to look ahead as to what opportunities might lie for them if they, if they choose this career. So we've had students that have gone on to do um, fellowships um, that, that they became aware of, or we offered them that position. We knew that that was happening and, and they could do that. So yeah, it's a real, it's a real win-win. So yeah, I think you've seen me with, with some students who may be working on a class project and they come and they interview me and they're doing this, this kind of work. But again, there is so much talent in our community and there are a lot of people who may not for one reason or another actually leave Miami, but this is a passion that they have international relations. And um, so we, we try to be that outlet. We, we also will be having more opportunities for students to do diplomacy simulations. We're being trained right now from the, um, the state department's um, American History of Diplomacy Museum on how to conduct diplomacy simulations. So I'll give you a link at some point um, later that you can, you can have people apply for something. There'll be three simulations um, into the fall from June, September to December. And that'll be very interesting. Please do, I'll, I'll attach them to the show right. notes on the website. Great. I mean, I'll tell you right now that if, if I would have known I would have enjoyed international relations as much as I, I did, when I was doing them for the city, I, I would have definitely um, been knocking on, on, on your door. And um, just the, the plethora of options available here in Miami. We're not DC, we're not New York, you know, we don't have to have the United Nations right across the street. Uh, but in a way we do, right? There are opportunities everywhere. Even, even some of the consulates themselves have opportunities for locals, uh, for all levels, students and professionals. Right. I mean, once you start diving into the community, everybody starts just moving around and you start discovering so many things. And it's just it's very, very well exposed if you, if you take the time and, and get to know the people and the organizations behind. You're, you're absolutely right. And I and I tell people sometimes when we have conversations and people say, look at this, what a small world. And I said it is. But it never we never would have discovered our connections if we hadn't started talking. So you have to start a conversation to express your curiosity, express your interest, and you and you never know where that leads. But just the starting the conversation like you're doing today with me, I appreciate because I know that there's going to be a wider audience that's going to learn about Global Ties Miami, learn about our good work, and, and be attracted to it. And this is amazing. So thank you very much, Alejandro, for, for giving me this opportunity and, and all the people that are next to me that do citizen diplomacy to share that with a wider audience. 
Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to, to join me and giving this a shot. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.